0: Isaiah 55, Psalms 126, and Deuteronomy 32. If you'll listen to me, if you'll take this outline today, if you'll take this outline and every day read these three texts, either in the morning or the evening, it will revolutionize your life. I would encourage you to read it with several translations the King James or New King James or NIP, and also Eugene Peterson's translation. Take, take that out or go online. You can go online and easily pull it up, the message, and read these translations. I'm going to read them this morning, but we have a tendency to forget, and I don't want you to forget it because I want you to be able to, to, to receive it. Isaiah 55, 10, and 11, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven... And do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. This is God Almighty, his word. The Logos, or the Rhema, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. There's two Greek words for the word of God. One of them is Logos, the other is Rhema. Logos is the general word for the word of God. You read the Bible, you read from Genesis to Revelation, read that. That's, that's the Logos. But when God specifically through the Holy Spirit speaks it to you for a specific time, that's a rhema. And both are great. For instance, where the Bible says to use the word as a sword, the sword of the Lord, that word, that word there is rhema. And there are times you know as soldiers of the Lord, there are times we need that. Amen. Now, you're going to hear the Logos. You're going to hear the Word of God, and it's going to be Logos to you, that Greek word, that general word that you will hear. But I trust today it will move from the Logos to the Rhema. It will speak specifically to your heart today and let it change your life, transform your life. That song, Something Beautiful, I can't think of a more beautiful thing hardly than a butterfly. But in their beginning, they aren't pretty at all. In a cocoon, a worm in a cocoon. But transformation takes place. And there's the budding. There's There's a coming forth from that cocoon. And out comes the most beautiful insect. And it just flutters around. And it's beautiful. When God got a hold of me, I was an ugly, ugly worm. I was an ugly cocoon, but he kept working, and he kept working, and he kept, and out comes not because of me. You're beautiful today. Turn to someone, and say, "You're beautiful today." Tell them, "You're beautiful today." Amen. And I, I, that, that's what God—he makes up that transformation, and that's what Logos does. That's what Rhema does. It transforms us. And you you wonder, you look at people on television, you look at politicians and Hollywood and you look at people today and they're so sad and they're fussing and and disgruntled and and they're all kind of thing. you said, why don't you accept Jesus? You say, well, that's too simple. No, it's not. It's powerful. When Jesus Christ comes into our life, it changes us. It makes us beautiful. It makes us something that is just wonderful. I had an elderly gentleman in the church in Butler Hill in, in Clinton, North Carolina, when I was very young. He'd stand up and he'd say, I, 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 he just stuttered. He said, I mean, he didn't stutter normally, but he just, I, I, I'm so full, I feel like a tub of honey. has turned over my soul. Never feel that way. God makes us. Jesus Christ makes us something beautiful. This 55th chapter, this whole chapter is absolutely resonating. It will do that for your life. It will change your life. It will make something beautiful. Look at your notes, introduction. God's power is revealed and experienced in his word. The actual words of the Bible are anointed by the Holy Spirit himself. And they have the full ability to completely change and transform you. Isaiah tells us that just as precipitation is sure to cause plants to grow, God's word accomplishes its purpose. Can you say amen? It will change your life. God's word has a power to be the seed of the kingdom. Life begins as a seed. Whether it's the animal life or whether it's the plant life, life starts out as a seed. That's the reason that God uses the analogy of his word as seed, because it starts out into that life. Life begins with the word of God. Your life can't change like God wants it to change until the word of God comes into you. The word of God is like a seed. It produces life. And the life of the seed, a plant, is certainly not uh, limited to just one. We used to plant corn, and uh, you take one kernel of corn, and it produces thousands of kernels of corn. And that's the way the seed is. The animal life and the plant life, it always produces fruit. That 11th verse, the seed must go forth. The important thing is that you and I, as Dan said this morning, that we preach, teach, live, speak the word of God. It must go forth before it can change a life. It's going forth today. It'll change your life if you let it. It goes forth as you go to work and you speak to a, a co-worker. You speak to someone there or a neighbor or friend. The, the word of God will change. It must go forth. Look at it. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower in it, so shall my. In other words, when the rain comes down, it must be received by the earth. If it's going to get the water, if it's going to get to the root of that plant, if it's going to get to the root of that tree, the earth must receive it. And so I can preach all I want to. You can testify all you want to. You can witness all that you possibly can. But that word of God must be received. It'll just go right over your head. It'll go right over your life. It will not soak in. We used to have gully washers on the farm and they would just run off. It would hardly do the do the uh, plants and, and crops any good because it just ran off. That water must be received and the word of God must be heard with our ears. It must go to our hearts, germinate, and bring forth life. The seed shall accomplish. You ever go out to witness and you felt like, hey, boy, I bombed out this time. You ever go evangelizing boy I sure missed it this time nothing happened this time a lot of times you don't see it happen but it's happening in that person's life it will change their life it will create something in them that was I said germinated and and become life but it must go forth it shall accomplish the seed shall prosper And number five, under number two, the seed shall give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. It's going to provide. I was raised on the farm and you had to take and put put aside seed. You have bags of seed. You had to wait. For that seed to dry when you would harvest that seed, we would plant like watermelons and we'd save the seed out of the watermelon and we'd put those seeds on a slab or on a board and it would be out in the sun and it had to dry and, and 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 then you could plant that seed. But you could say with beans and other kind of seed, well, we could eat the seed, we're hungry. We're going to, you're going to ask me to take this seed and, and, and spread it and throw it out on the field when I could take this bag of seed and eat it? No. Don't you eat it. You've got to spread it. You've got to spread God's word. You can eat the word. It says, it says seed to the sower and seed to the eater. So some of us are eaters but not sowers. We need to eat and we need to sow. So it always produces fruit. Do not think when you witness God's word or speak God's word that it's going to return void. It shall accomplish that. That what? God intends for it to accomplish. God's word has the power to be the seed of the kingdom of God. It is always, it always produces fruit. And then number three, the believer's responsibility. Listen to Psalms chapter 126. I would encourage you to read this whole psalm. I think it's about seven verses. Great psalm. But listen to these two verses. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually, don't stop. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Run up the white flag and say, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. Continue to sow that seed. Continually, he says, goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves, which is a bundle of collection of, of, of grain, bringing his sheaves with him. Listen. It's a whole lot lot harder to go out and prepare for planting than it is to harvest. We had what is called truck crops. And daddy prepared the field. You had to break up the ground. You had to make the row so we could plant in. We had bell pepper. We had squash. We had cucumbers and of course other things too. But those were the three, what we call truck crops. That's where we made our money. That's where we made, where he would make money. Bell pepper. Bell pepper needed to come early. So dad would take and cut out a space. He would cut it about 20 feet long and about eight feet wide. Then he would take uh, glass doors or whatever and, and lay over that. You'd have you'd have about six or eight of those glass panels that you laid over there. But before you put the glass panels over it, you would take and fix the soil. A lot of hard work. It was. I mean, someone says, it's it's too much. Listen, it's hard work to go out and witness for Jesus sometimes. It's hard work to plant seed. It's not easy every time. That that we do for the Lord sometime, it's going to be hard. You say, I don't want to go pray. I I don't feel like praying. Well, if I just prayed when I felt like it, a lot of times I wouldn't pray. You pray when you don't feel like it. You witness when you don't feel like it. It's a lot of hard work. He would prepare that soil in that bed. And that bed, one one end was higher than the other one. So those uh, glass, what did I say? Panels, thank you. Those glass doors, panels, those glass panels would be like this and the water would run off. So he'd prepare that soil and then he'd plant the seed and then he'd put that glass panel over it, all eight of them, all eight of them. Then he'd take it off about every other day and he'd water it, he'd water it, he'd water it, put them back on, let the sun come in there and grow those plants. Then when those plants were fully grown, you'd pull them up. You'd take them out to the field, the field that you'd prepared, and you, you, you would uh, set those plants in the ground, and then you would watch the bell peppers come up, sometimes two and three pods, maybe more, on a plant, and you'd go out there, see the, see the fruit of it. So planning is hard. It's a lot of hard work. Witnessing sometimes is not easy. Going to church on Friday night and praying sometimes, the flesh don't want to do that. Getting up on Sunday morning when it's cloudy or rainy and saying, I'm going to go to church. It's not easy sometimes. But the church needs to say it's time to plant. It's time to see a harvest. It's time for souls to be saved. I want to see my lost saved. I want to see my neighbor and my friend saved. It's a lot of hard work. Somebody say amen. Tearful sowing and joyful Reaping. Let me read you what the. Let me read you what uh, Eugene Peterson says for those two verses. And now God, and do it again. Verses five and six of one twenty-six. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives. There may be someone here that you're experiencing a dry time in your walk with God. There may be someone here that it's just drought-stricken. But the writer says. Bring rain to our drought-stricken lives. So those who planted their crops in despair will shout hoorays at the harvest. So those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing and arms full of blessing. Hold out your arms. Come on, cooperate. Here we go. You can hold a lot in those arms, can't you? Can you hold a lot of blessings? I can hold a lot of blessings. Amen. And God says, "I want you to have a lot of blessings. I want those blessings to be with you. I want you to go out and sow the seed. I want you to go out and minister so you can come back with an arm full of blessings." Amen? That's a good way to appreciate the Lord today. Tearful, sowing and joyful reaping. It takes perseverance. You think, you know what perseverance is? We, don't, our, our, we have so many soft people today. Can you imagine if people had to work like we had to work back then, if young people? I was at a grocery store not too long ago, and this guy, was. it was, it was about 11 o'clock, and he said, he was bagging groceries, he said, whoa. I said, what's wrong? He said, I'm tired. I had to get up early this morning. I said, really? I said, what time did you get to work? He said, 10 o'clock. We done had a day's work done by ten o'clock. We got to be four and five o'clock. It's hard work sometimes, and working for the Lord sometimes you may get discouraged. But God wants you to understand: you go sow, and you are going to reap. You shall reap, Amen. The believer's responsibilities is sowing is very laborious. It's a process. Sowing is a self-denying work. Look at it. Tears and scripture play a unique role in spiritual breakthrough. How long has it been since you've cried for your loved ones that are lost? How long has it been since we've wept for those that don't know Jesus? How long has it been since we've thought if this person don't receive Christ and get saved, they're going to hell? How long has it been since we've been burdened for the kingdom of God and wept for the kingdom of God? Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, oh, that, what did he say? He said, oh, that my head was full of waters, Jeremiah 91. Jeremiah, which was the weeping prophet, he said that my head was be full of waters and my eyes a fountain of tears that I might weep day and night for the children of Israel that are lost. How long has it been since we wept before the Lord A guaranteed harvest. He says that, look look at that word, doubtless. Doubtless come again. You work, God promises productivity. You will produce. There will be people saved. God's word, listen, I'm talking about the word of God and how powerful it is, the Bible, God's word. Read it, study it, live by it. This writer put it this way. The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy. Its precepts are binding. Its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you. Food to support you and comfort to cheer you. He goes on to say, It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here too, heaven is open and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is its grand subject, our good is its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart. And certainly guide the feet, and he encourages this. Read it slowly, read it frequently, read it prayerfully. It is a mime of wealth, a paradise of glory and a river of pleasure. It is given you in life, will be open at the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and will condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents. My Lord, I'm talking about God's holy word. How precious and how most powerful it is. God's word, notice number four, God's word must drop like rain. Now, I'm going to read Deuteronomy Chapter 32, read it first to New King James, verse 2. God says, let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, as rain drops on the tender herb and as showers on the grass. Again, Eugene Peterson puts it this way. Listen, heavens. I have something to tell you. Attention, earth. I've got a mouth full of words. God is saying to the heavens. God is saying to the earth, listen. I'm going to tell you something. My teaching, let it fall like a gentle rain. My words arrive like morning dew, like a sprinkling rain on the new grass, like spring showers on the garden. Ezekiel talks about a time, a time when there should be showers of blessing. People ask me, Brother Don, you believe there's going to be another revival in these last days? I don't know. I, I, I lean that way. I think there's going to be that. But it doesn't matter how dry you may be. It doesn't matter how wicked man may display all of his immorality. It doesn't matter about those things. God is God. God is sovereign. His word is just as powerful today as when it was written and when it was spoken. And if we'll, if we'll read it, if we'll study it, if we'll live by it, it will do just that. It will come like the gentle rain and refresh our souls. How long has it been since your soul has bubbled over with joy and refreshments through mind? the word of God without the renewing and refreshing rain of divine instruction and cancel the souls of God's people shrivel and die that's the reason going to church is so important someone says I don't get anything out of it do you put anything in it do you arrive just on time or late do you get here early and prepare your heart? Like we used to prepare those rows to plant rows uh, the, the, the pepper and the cucumbers and the corn and the soybeans. Do you prepare your heart? If we just went out, we had sandy places. It wouldn't grow crops for nothing in this world. You could do all you wanted to. You could put a little fertilizer and soda on it, soda on it soda on it. And you know what? It would do some. But if you just took that seed and just threw it out there, it wouldn't produce anything. Wouldn't produce anything. But you prepare that land. You put put in it what should be in it. And you sow that seed. There There is going to be fruit. There is going to be crops. God's word brings showers of blessings. God's word is gentle. Listen to this. God's word is silent. God's word is pervasive, kindly, yet invigorating, powerful, and deep. I'm talking about the word of God coming down like rain rain that is so gentle. Rain that is so gentle. We used to be out working in the field and you'd see the cloud. We didn't have weather predictions like we do today and you knew what was going to happen and we'd see a cloud forming and it would be coming and Dad would say, listen, I don't know. Uh, this looks like it's going to rain. And we needed to rain so bad. And all of a sudden, there would be lightning and the thunder. And then it would start raining. And then it would quit. And then we'd start back to work. Didn't rain that much. But then we'd see the, the clouds and we'd hear the thunder and see the lightning. And all of a sudden, it was just rain." And it would rain. And it would rain. And Dad said, pack up, boys. It's set in. It's set in. That's what the church needs. We don't need just a little thunder shower. We need the Holy Ghost to set in. We need the power of God to move and flush out the wrong. Flush out the envy, the strife. Flush out the pride, God. Remove it from us. Flush out the bitterness from our lives. That's what needs in me. The Holy Ghost will do that if you let Him come and reign in your life. He will do that. Amen. He will do that. He will do that. God's Word always accomplishes God's purpose for you. Pay attention. Take it to heart. Hear, understand, believe. Treasure it in your heart. Make it the rule of your life. Act upon it. The 32nd chapter of the book of Deuteronomy is one of the greatest chapters in the Bible. It's a long chapter. It has 40 some verses in it. Moses wrote this book right before God told him to go to Mount Nebo. Because that's where he was going to die. God said, "Go there. I'm not going to let you go into the Promised Land." So he he sat down and wrote this. It 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 it, it was a powerful, powerful writing. Then at the end of this, where he says in verse 2, let my teachings drop as the rain, da, 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 what I read. Then at, at the end of this chapter 32, listen to what it says. Moses finished his speaking all these words to all Israel. So many Israelites that he was speaking to. And he said to them, set your hearts on all the words which I testify among you today. Don't just close your Bible and your notepad and walk out and forget it. Oh, we do forget it sometimes. It's hard to remember sometimes. That's the reason we're to study it. Moses said here take to heart. Let it speak to you. Let this be more than just another service. More than just another sermon. More than just another song. Let God speak to your heart, which you shall command your children today to to observe, not just hear it. Do it. All the words of this law, for it is not a futile thing for you because it is your what? Life. This is your life. You say, I've got to make a living. I've got to work. I've got got kids to take care of. I've got grandkids to take care of. I've got a job. I've got a house. I've got to do all of these things. That is not life. That's part of life. But this is your life. This is your life. God's Word. It's alive. It is alive. For it is not a futile thing for you because it is your life. And by this word, you shall prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess it. That's a wow. I would you take this home with you and read Isaiah 55, that whole chapter. The whole chapter of Psalms 126. And then take Deuteronomy down and look And when Moses finished this, listen to me, I'm closing. When Moses finished this, God said, Moses, go up to Nebo, Mount Nebo. So Moses left Joshua in charge of the children of Israel. And he climbs the mountain of Mount Nebo. God said, Moses, look over there. You see all that glorious land. All that is what they're going to possess. You're not going to do it. Somebody said God buried Moses right there. I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. What he wrote still lives on today. Thousands and thousands of years. Take this. It's sweeter than honey. It is life to you. Look at what I wrote at the bottom. Look what I wrote at the bottom. If your heart is hard, cry out to God to soften you through the rain your word. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it falls like the gentle rain. And Lord, when we speak it, it doesn't need to be harsh. Oh, it's mighty. It's powerful. But Lord, when we proclaim this word, It needs to fall like the morning dew on the hearts and lives not only of those that are saved but those that are unsaved. And Father, I pray that this word would go forth from this place today. Not just here in these four walls but Lord, that your word would go forth. If there's a mom or dad or young person here today, if there's an individual here today that does not know you, Speak to their heart. Deal with them. Help them not to shovel this word over their shoulder and say it belongs or it goes to someone else. Lord, let it speak to our hearts today. Let it speak and moisten our lives. Let it refresh us. Let it invigorate us. Let it change us today.